0: Chapter ten of Stories of King Arthur and His Knights This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. Stories of King Arthur and His Knights by U e. Waldo Cutler. Chapter ten Sir Launcelot of the Lake When King Arthur, after long wars, rested and held a royal feast with his allies and noble knights of the round table. They came into his hall, he sitting on his throne royal, twelve ambassadors from Rome, and said to him, The high and mighty Emperor Lucius sendeth to the king of Britain greeting, commanding thee to acknowledge him for thy lord, and to send the tribute due from this realm unto the empire, according to the statutes and decrees made by the noble and worthy, Julius Caesar, conqueror of this realm and first emperor of Rome. And if thou refuse his demand and commandment, know thou for certain that he shall make strong war against thee, thy realms and lands, and shall chastise thee and thy subjects, so that it shall be warning perpetual unto all kings and princes not to deny their tribute unto the noble empire which dominateth the universal world. Some of the young knights, hearing this message, would have run on the ambassadors to slay them, saying that it was a rebuke unto all the knights there present to suffer them to say so to the king. But King Arthur commanded that none should do them any harm, and anon let call all his lords and knights of the round table to counsel upon the matter. And all agreed to make sharp war on the Romans, and to aid after their power. So the messengers were allowed to depart, and they took ship at Sandwich, and passed forth by Flanders, Almain, the mountains, and all Italy, until they came unto Rome. There they said to Lucius, Certainly he is a lord to be feared, for his estate is the royalest that ever we saw, and in his person he is the most manly man that liveth, and is likely to conquer all the world, for unto his courage it is too little.' Wherefore we advise you to keep well your marches and straits in the mountains. Then Lucius made ready a great host and marched into Gaul, and Arthur met him there with his army. The old chronicles tell of the great battles that were fought, and the brave deeds of knights and lords, how Arthur himself with Excalibur cleft the head of Lucius, and at length passed over the mountains into Lombardy and Tuscany, and so came into Rome. On a day appointed, as the romance telleth, he was crowned emperor by the Pope's hand with all the royalty that could be made. After he had established all his lands from Rome unto France, and had given lands and realms unto his servants and knights, to each after his desert in such wise that none complained, rich nor poor, all his lords and all the great men of estate assembled before him and said, "'Blessed be God, your war is finished and your conquest achieved.' insomuch that we know none so great nor mighty that dare make war against you. Wherefore we beseech you to return homeward, and give us license to go home to our wives, from whom we have been long, and to rest us, for your journey is finished with honour. So they all came over the sea and landed at Sandwich, where Queen Guenever came and met the king, and he was nobly received of all the commons in every city and borough and great gifts were presented to him at his home-coming to welcome him. Of all the knights that, when Arthur came into England, had increased in honour, Sir Launcelot of the Lake in especial excelled in deeds of arms both for life and death. His parents, King Ban of Benwick, and his fair Queen Elaine, had first named him Galahad, and, as has already been said, Merlin, before he disappeared under the stone, had foretold that within twenty years he should be known over the whole world as a great and worthy knight. It is no marvel, therefore, that Launcelot is the first knight that the French book maketh mention of after King Arthur came from Rome. He passed with Arthur into England, where he was received gladly, and was made a knight of the round table. Queen Guinevere had him in great favour above all other knights, and in return He was loyal to her above all other ladies and damsels all his life, and for love of her he did many deeds of arms and saved her from the fire through his noble chivalry. Therefore jealous people spoke evil of Sir Launcelot and the Queen, because they were of less prowess and honour than he, and thereby great mischief arose in Arthur's court. From this came Arthur's overthrow in the end, and the downfall of his noble realm. But for long years Launcelot was the glory of knighthood, and he vied with King Arthur himself in deeds of prowess and of chivalrous courtesy in the tournament and on adventure. End of chapter 10